Hi, my name is Sean Shaler. This is my friend Chris Ford, aka The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter. And you know, you can be the objective geek of other things too. I don't know why I say that. I say, I say uh, that because that's why I want people to interact with you. But you be the objective geek wherever you like. I'm not going to limit you. I'm also the objective geek on Instagram, although I post absolutely nothing to Instagram. I'm just on there to look at random people's artwork. I did not know and you that's... had an Instagram. I probably did, but I don't know that I'm even like following you or, or anything on Instagram. I don't do anything on there. I, I follow like, it's funny because a lot of people on Facebook follow me just because Facebook, whenever Instagram, Facebook follow Instagram, a lot of people automatically started like adding me there. I'm like, I don't even, I'm not even there. And then I changed my whole name to like the objective geek and stuff. Um, but I never post anything. I just follow like five, maybe five people, like my sister, um, um, a couple of different artists who done um, Keikachi ninety five who does a lot of great. Really, I think the only person doing some really great Rise of Kyoshi art, really amazing stuff, really bringing that book to life. Um, and I follow uh, a healthy dose of Fran on there. And my, I think I already mentioned my sister and it's other artists who does a lot of mosaic art. It's like really inspired me to do some more, uh, some, not more, but to do some mosaic glass art. Healthy dose of Fran, very interactive with us on Twitter too, which always makes me feel good. Thanks. Healthy dose of Fran. <laughs> uh, hey, Chris, welcome back to another week of avatar the last podcasters and if you have not noticed yet we are here in a weekly format and it's something that was the big quote-unquote big for us i don't know if it's big for you people but it's something we're gonna try and test just to see what it does to viewership or if it helps us be more or less efficient um it allows us to maybe record multiple episodes in a single sitting i don't know we'll see how it goes we don't really have a preference i don't think but was something we wanted to try out and see what happened and I think that weekly, uh, I think that weekly releases might be good in the YouTube algorithm. I think that could be a boost, but I'm not actually mm -hmm. sure. We'll find out. Right, so I hope you joined us this week uh, because you joined us last week, and that the cliffhanger, that the hook. I hope it worked. <laughs> and I don't know. I I personally, when I listen to podcasts and things, I I certainly prefer the weekly format. It's just easier to keep up with. Yeah. So. We'll see. We hope it works, or if it doesn't, we hope it's obvious, and then we'll just go back to the other way. But for now, please enjoy a weekly installment for the second consecutive week of Avatar The Last Podcasters. Uh, that being said, Chris, how, how are you doing in the past 15 minutes since I asked you uh, the previous time? <laughs> actually, a couple of things. Excellent. First of all, we have a Facebook page now that I kind of created on the fly, and it was somewhat not that easy to create. So you can look us up on Facebook. Just uh, search Avatar The Last Podcasters, and that uh, you can be one of the first to get on the ground floor of following us. And um, we will send you a high five or, or something. No, it, Chris, it looks really good. What's this, Yeah. Uh, I meant like the virtual one, not like a uh, work reward. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah. That, that is kind of funny. That's ingrained in my brain. Uh, yeah. it, it looks really good, and it's nice just to have a presence on all three. Yeah. On all three platforms, whether it's as a as a cumulative or individually, it's it's nice. But Facebook pages yeah. are not convenient to make at all. They take it kind of. It didn't feel like it. Yeah, uh, but but it keeps asking me for my phone number. I was like, I'm not gonna let people yeah. call my house yeah, when too. I'm recording. That's outlandish. It keeps on like 
It keeps on like, hey, just give me twenty dollars and I can I can show <laughs> ten thousand people this. It's like Dave Chappelle is like crack addict. He's like, just give me twenty yeah. bucks, man. Come on. Just give me yeah, just give me twenty bucks, man. Come on. I swear, I'll get this to ten thousand people. <laughs> oh, and it keeps trying to bribe me with a free one first. It's like, hey, man, you spend like five dollars, I'll give you like your next twenty free. Yeah. <laughs> Please calm down. You weird. <laughs> Whatever. It's very they Facebook takes business pages very seriously for some reason. I mean, on the flip side of it, like YouTube is just like here, what just what I mean, YouTube is really easy to just get up and start doing it, right? You're already have a YouTube page if you just have a YouTube sign in. Um you just gotta change a few things. Let's say um, if you're liking changing... videos, then you have a YouTube page. You have a channel <laughs> yeah. whether you have videos on it or not. Uh, which is funny enough because like before I had a YouTube like before I felt like I was a YouTuber I used to never like videos not because I didn't like them just because I didn't I was like oh whatever I don't need to I didn't, I didn't care to like form a playlist of liked videos and now that I'm a YouTuber I know like that like button is essential to like it's part of the algorithm and everything it feeds it helps YouTube know that, like oh people like this and I want to and then YouTube pushes it out to more people so like hitting the like button is really important um, even though I didn't know that when I <laughs> before, <laughs> I use the like button and the play like I create playlists of other people's videos just for like memory sake. Like, oh, that's very handy information. I want to like yeah. I have like an archive of other people's good stuff. <laughs> it's it's I kind of a, I won't say abuse it. Like it's what they want to do, but it's strange. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of videos on my page that I did not create because I think those playlists my... are public. <laughs> my my watch later. There's like. 500 videos on my watch later <laughs> my watch later is outrageous uh but it's usually like so i as a ku football fan uh, you might know that we had one good season whatever that's exaggerating we had a span of like seven good seasons or five seasons and seven years are good but we had one outlandishly good season well you can still find most of the games from that season on youtube so like if you if you look at my YouTube, some of my watch laters are just like replays of games from that year. They're like, oh, I remember that game. I want to go watch that at some point. <laughs> it's just old yeah. football games on YouTube. And I am I lead a pretty boring life, as you might be able to tell. <laughs> just how I like yeah. it. Just how I like it. But, uh, the, hey, the uh, Facebook but, uh, but besides, yeah, besides the Facebook page, I am really excited uh, for Planet Comic Con coming up next oh, year. Yeah. Um, I mean, and it's pretty early. They they've just now kind of started to announce a lot more uh, celebrities and guests. Is it uh, April, Kevin Conroy? April or May? Uh, March. 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 Okay. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Conroy would be there again. I've already, you know, we've already met him two years ago. Um, so that was that was a lot of fun. Kevin Conroy's a really really great guy. And when he got um, up on the table and did the voice for the little kid, Warren Warren Miller. I don't think he. I think he did it for a little kid. I think he just does it for everybody at every single think fan, so? every I single feel like con the little kid asked him to do it, but maybe not. I oh, okay. I, I I misinterpret things all the time. What up, Chris? Let people have this as a good story, even if it's false. It's okay. the story that people. He's, he's a great person, nonetheless. Uh, nonetheless, it's not the story that people deserve, oh. but it's the one they need right now. Yeah. Oh, um, and then uh, I was really excited that Phil Lamar. If you know who Phil Lamar is. You have heard his voice. I guarantee it. He um, he was he was like one of the black guys on Mad TV. He is the voice of Samurai Jack. He is the oh, voice nice. of of John Stewart. 
um, on Justice League animated series. He's the voice of Static and Static Shock. He is he's honestly one of the best voice actors there is. Like he has such a huge range that he can go through. Like he can play uh Asian character, he can play a white character, he can play old, young, black, whatever. Like he's really talented. Um oh, he voices I'm pretty, pretty sure he voices the black guy on Futurama. Nice. But, that's fantastic yeah i wouldn't have known who it was if you hadn't yeah. described it but obviously i have experience with most of those shows <laughs> that's pretty cool yeah um yeah. so he'll, he'll be there i'm looking forward to that because i think i will cosplay a static again i like to like reuse the same thing at least two years in a row it so got next so year, much probably. love this year that i yeah. i would be tempted to do the same with fiery like people ate that yeah. costume up you gotta do it oh and especially especially the phil mar is gonna be there and he voiced static so i really that's that's just i'm wait i can't wait to form that memory um. so, you already have a memory that hasn't even happened yet. yeah that's kind of adorable oh, yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna try and get him to sign uh this uh statue of john stewart here and then maybe to get kevin conroy to sign this batman statue yeah, I'll probably. Oh crap! I'm like, camera right in front of me. So, um, but yeah, so excited about that. I don't know much about Static Shock outside of what you've told me and outside of meeting the creator last year. Uh, when I said meeting, you met him. I just sat in a panel, but I learned a lot. Um, so today I was like, man, if you go as Static, I at least want to be in theme. And so I was like, just looking on the wikia, and then I saw Steve. <laughs> Na- I saw Steve Nash there, and I was like, what? It's gotta be oh, another Steve Nash. Steve Nash. Yeah, I was really curious why you mentioned Steve Nash in your tweet he, today. And so, well, he, and no, I was, he was on. He was on episode. Yeah, he was on. Uh, I don't know how many episodes. It was uh, at least two. I think like there was a minor reappearance, but I could be mixing it up, or it could have been an hour long special. Again, I don't know much about it, but I saw Steve Nash, and so I clicked. It's like, oh, that's funny. His name is Steve Nash, and it's the Steve Nash. And it's a, a, like a group of superheroes that are also basketball yeah. players. So it's I'm Steve pretty, Nash pretty, playing pretty himself. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's uh, Steve Nash playing himself, me. but in as he's playing himself, he has a superhero alter ego. I don't remember yeah. the other ones. But the only one that I could play uh, respectively would be Steve Nash. And so that's all I got to do is a blue morph suit and then kind of like paint the white design on the front and get a motorcycle helmet and maybe get ripped. That would help uh, fill the costume better. But I'll be point man. <laughs> I don't know why. I loved it so much. But I also love old Scooby-Doo episodes with like the Harlem Globetrotters <clears throat> or where random people like the wrestling one where the rock and people are on it. I love weird celebrity cameos in cartoons. So I'll seek out that episode. <clears throat> And I will watch it, and I believe I will enjoy it. That, that's exciting, no, I thought, though. I thought, I thought you were going to say when you were uh, when you were looking up static stuff, you're going to be his uh, his his best friend, who's like his white best friend. I mean, his I can also his name is Richie. Be I don't remember. I don't remember the guy's name. Can you remind me? The white best friend. Uh, his name is Richie. And like he he does eventually in static shock he does eventually get superpowers he's like really smart he can make like his superpower name is gear he is really okay. smart he makes, like electronics and stuff that's what they or you can go on the wiki for the most part i think uh yeah. the issue i had with him was the blonde hair i don't i don't know yeah how that's do the true blonde yeah. Hair. i mean nah, yeah i, I went as bane with hair one year but i'm more serious now 
<laughs> no, I just, I was looking but, uh, through for interesting characters. And I was like, Steve Nash, even if it's not the Steve Nash, I was like, that still sounds like a white guy name. That's something I could play. And then it turns out it was the Steve Nash. And I, I think that's marvelous. So I think you just, you could probably get a cheap Steve Nash jersey from somewhere. Maybe. That would actually be the easier way to go, right? Just get a Steve Nash. Actually, that's really intelligent. More intelligent than the blue morph suit. It is. I can. Uh, I I have fairly long hair. Steve Nash now has uh, has a little bit shorter hair. So, like, my hair right now would even be Steve Nash appropriate. But I'm getting. Uh, Richie, maybe. I'm getting son Steve Nash. I'm not doing any Lakers Steve Nash. That's fine. I don't even like the Lakers Steve Nash. And I'm poor poor guy. I wish he'd had yeah. a better, a more appropriate ending. Uh, that was a terrible year as a Lakers yeah, fan. Poor, Started poor, a lot of high hopes. Poor Lakers. And what? how much good would Steve Nash have done for that team if he had been, you know, uh, even 75% of peak Steve Nash? But, yeah, I mean, one thing, we hired the wrong coach that I, year. We hired I agree. Um, D'Antoni, I think. I never liked D'Antoni. Anyway, when Dan Tony is your coach, he you have to let him control everything, and even then, as we're seeing now, that's still and also not, you need not enough. You need players that are young enough and has legs, <laughs> and <are> fast enough. <laughs> you had like a thirty-two-year-old, thirty-three-year-old Kobe Bryant. You had Dwight Howard, who's slow. You had like a thirty-nine-year-old Steve Nash. Um, it just wasn't a. The team just didn't gel. It wasn't but, right, but. Those memories are gone. You're a new Lakers team now. A very sure. new, different-looking Lakers team. Yeah, by this time, we should be uh, probably 5-1. and 8-1. and one. <laughs> I don't know. The Go game ahead. that may or may not have happened in the past, except for is happening right now, it sounds like a good one. <laughs> uh, we beat Utah Jazz on... Uh, October 25th, the final score was 97 to 91 Lakers. That's interesting. I will, I won't have to write that down because I'll definitely know that that's true right now, this instant. But (laughs) actually, I'm pretty curious and I'm a bit of a jazz sympathizer, but I also really like that the jazz, I just want them to be that team that's always in the playoffs and never ever wins ever. I think they've ran that motif long enough. Just keep it up. It's a good, it's a good thing. <laughs> and you know what? Jazz fans are extremely passionate and loyal, but also, it seems like a nice fan base. A little so. racist. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> yeah, I just thought that was funny. <laughs> Whatever, man. Uh. <laughs> Let me see. You got to think of a more racist one. No. Um. You know what? The first thing that came to mind is actually the Mavericks because it's like, whatever, the Mavericks got like two foreign white guys on their team, but um, I'm sure that's more than just that team as the first one that came to mind. But anyway, Utah Jazz, I kind of like them. Don't love them, just like them. We'll see it. We'll, we'll fact check that score later. Anyways, uh, let's uh, hey, let's go ahead and jump into the episode. I know I put another slide in here that was kind of pointless now because I already said it, but new show format changes. Again, you probably notice. We are going to uh, we're going to do weekly format for just a little while, see how it goes, and we will probably record a couple episodes a night just to see how that goes, see if we can make it a little more efficient. 
And it's something that I hear other podcasts do, a lot of the other podcasts I listen to do it, and I don't ever notice that it really bothers me. Uh, and it's in, I would say the lone thing that we'll see is if like news comes out, we will have to adjust because we enjoy talking about the latest and greatest with the Netflix series, for example. And that should be more, there should be more news more often, I would think, in the near future. So we'll see if we're able to navigate that. But in the meantime, welcome to Book 2 Earth, episode 39. That's 19 of Book 2. And we are on to the Guru, who we have already met. Uh, but now Aang yes. is going to visit him in person for what is one of the more interesting episodes, I would imagine, in most people's opinions, in Book 2. It's a very interesting one. Yeah, so we start off with uh, the gang being split up. Uh, Katara is staying in Bossing Say so she can help formulate the plan to invade the Fire Nation on the Day of Black Sun. Um, Toph going to go find her mother because she got a letter from her saying that um, that her parents have forgiven her, all those things. And then Aang is going to go to the Eastern Air Temple to meet up with Guru Pratik so he can learn to master the Avatar State and Sokka is going to Million Bay to meet up with his dad. So Team Avatar is completely splitting up here. <laughs> I do love this moment of uh, of Sokka and Aang because Aang is dropping off Sokka. And like Sokka's like in the best chipper mood, <laughs> I feel like. Um, he's like, oh yeah, we got, uh, we finally got the Earth King on our side. We got Long Fei arrested. We got girls waiting for us. Um, and, like, <laughs> as if like Long Fei getting arrested was like, a goal that he had. <laughs> this is number one. Yeah. We got arrested, arrested isn't good enough for that clown. If anybody needs yeah. his banding stolen. Ugh. Sorry. Soapbox. Yeah. Did we... Um, did the letters and stuff and the and the kiss... We put that all in the last episode. Did that happen in this... I, it happened in the last episode, yes. The letters... Yep. Yeah, because they got the letters... And then they were on their way to leave. And then as they were leaving, uh, Sokka tells them about the Kyoshi Warriors and stuff. And it ends with the Kyoshi Warriors on... Or not the Kyoshi Warriors. It ends with Azula as the Kyoshi, dressed up as the Kyoshi Warriors. Gotcha. And that's where that episode ends on. I can picture him bowing yeah. down in the, in the palace. The Kyoshi... Yeah. Well, Azula as the Kyoshi Warrior. Okay, okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so then they're, they're on their way. Um... Ang got Aang a letter from from Guru Pathik that was initially tied to Appa's horn. horn and then was intercepted by Dobby the house elf, aka Long Fang. Hey, let's not disrespect Dobby like that. That's true, that's kinda harsh. You know what? Dobby in the second <laughs> book though, that come on, man. What I don't even Oh, like that's this. why you're even, saying that. Okay. I don't even like the second book that much. Shh. It's not the let's best. Rewatch book. it. But Dobby was a little bit annoying there. He's a, he's way more annoying in the in the movie than in the book. Like in the book, it's more spread out, so it seems less egregious. I'm just not a fan oh, of the second okay. book. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Aang meets up with Guru Pratik, and and he you know goes through. Uh, we'll just go with Aang's part here. He goes through this real life uh, practice of clearing your chakras. Like this isn't something they just make it up. It's not exactly just just like this. Um, you know, there's no. Well, it's fairly close, I believe. It's formatted um, so to close. fit your television. Yeah, um, 
I'm sure it's not as simple as doing it in like a day the way the Aang does it. <laughs> but uh, it's interesting because Brian Canisco in some of the commentary mentions like how people come up to him and tell him like, wow, you know, your show did a really good job depicting um, going through and cleansing your chakras and everything. He's like, I was learning it as as I went along. <laughs> he's like, I'm not an expert at this. You know, I was learning it as I was writing the episode. Um, but he's really proud of that episode. And that it's, uh, I think, really touched a lot of people. It's a really, you know, touching way that Aang goes through um, all of those. Um, there's a couple of different chakras that I think are are really key and really important. Some other ones that aren't as significant. Um, the one that I think is one of the most important ones was like yeah, I wish I could just had a list of of them all. Um, but the one that I really enjoyed was um, was it guilt? I think it was guilt and love, whichever one or sorrow. I have to look it up. <laughs> That's just, I but, can't. I can't just. I, I don't have the memory to distinguish them <laughs> like that. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, but interesting enough, when, uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes I try to come up with, with discussion topics for us to do, <laughs> one of them, which I laugh about cause, because it's so stupid that I would even think of it. It was like, oh, you know what? We should try and go through and, uh, and clear my chakras and like have me go through, or both <laughs> of us go through uh, all of them. And then as I was like answering these questions to myself, I was like, oh, no, these are way too personal. <laughs> It, uh, you know, we will we'll do it in our own time and then we'll record an episode <laughs> right after and we'll see if you notice a difference. Like if we're just way more chill or in control that day. Uh, one thing, like just as something to discuss while you're looking it up, is that it struck me as, hey, Aang is doing all this like remarkably fast. Like you're right. It does seem like he's doing a lot in a short amount of time. <clears throat> but then something just related to me is like, I don't know, Aang is already pretty good at meditating. Like, other people mm -hmm. might have to learn how to meditate to even make this happen. Like he already got past the hardest part. Like he already understands how to, how to shut out the exterior world for proper meditation and to focus on the internal and be able to visualize all these things. So it's like, maybe it's just <clears throat> cause he's already got the hardest part figured out, like the functionality part. And so that's kind of how I rationalized it in my head. And then I was like, but do other types of benders have to do this to control the avatar state? Like, you well, trying no, to teach some think... angry earthbender how to do this? <laughs> the thing is, is that I think there are there are many ways to there, and it's canon. There are many ways to control the avatar state. Um, Roku and the Lost in Escape from Spirit World, Journeys to Spirit World, whatever that little short was for the Nickelodeon game, Nickelodeon.com game. Um, avatar Roku says that he tried to master the avatar state, and it was like just through like sheer meditation. But also with the light from the uh, Winter Solstice beam shining on him, but then he was like stuck in the Avatar state. <laughs> I mean, Kyoshi, no big deal. By the end of Rise, yeah. By the end of Rise of Kyoshi, it seems like she has full control over the Avatar state, and I don't think she did anything really to try and control it. There was moments that she was out of control, but I think by the end of that book, you get the sense that she is in control of the Avatar state. I wouldn't go as far as to say it's impossible applied but i think we are allowed to interpret it that way like it seems like she's got a pretty good grasp on it it's not just a loose yeah. canon thing like ang's is 
Yeah, and then there's no way that. Yeah, and then there's no way that I mean, and Korra mastered Avatar State. Um, and then there's no way that <coughs> Roku did the cleansing the chakras way because he has love. He got married. He had kids, so he didn't let go of his earthly attachments. And also, the way that Yang Chen talks about letting go of your earthly attachments, that it's impossible for the Avatar to do that in the first place. Um, like, to me, like, Guru Pratik was always set up to fail because Aang, as the Avatar, can't do that. Like, he can't detach himself from the world because his sole duty is to the world. Um, which, thing, I feel like they never really address how, no, this is wrong. I need to do this another way. Although Aang does say, like, uh, really with this discussion uh, with Iroh in the next episode, which we'll get into that, about how, like, oh, well, choosing love over power, you know, is good. I, I'm i okay with the mist. You said they don't really address it. Like, I'm, I'm okay with it. Like, you know, I don't know. Life's not black and white. There didn't have to be a right answer here. Uh, but I do... Yeah. Uh, what was I going to say? I do think... I, I had a thought, and now it's gone. Oh, it, but like Aang, you know, he, he gets married and stuff later as well, but still has mastered it. But, oh, I know what I was going to say. Um, you say Guru Patik, like, set up to fail. I would say it's one of those things where it's like a um, uh, a, a type of spiritualism where you, you still you constantly aim for this sort of pinnacle of perfection, and even though you know you can't possibly achieve it, it still has to be your end goal in order to be pure and be the right way. Like, just just trying really hard okay. to untether oneself. Oh, that's just how I interpreted it. All right, so I have it pulled up because I have a new tablet. Did you find the chocolates? Going faster I, I just called them the chocolates. Uh, Did you find the chocolates? Yes. Did I find the chocolates? I hope so. I'm sorry. If only... Actually, anyway, not important. I was gonna say how I know I'm saying it. How uh, I did not give in to my craving today to uh, get this like this bowl of ice cream. There's this like restaurant. That's Friday, uh, man. Right by where I work. <laughs> well, there's a restaurant by where I work, and sometimes during lunch, I would just go there. It's like it's a nice restaurant, right? They had this dessert called a gooey cookie thing. It's like a fried cookie, four fried cookie dough balls, and served with ice cream. I go by myself. I just eat it, mm-hmm. and then I leave. Like I'm a regular there. They're like, "Hey, you want the, <laughs> you want the usual?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Give someday me the... they'll stop asking. Someday you'll just walk in. They'll be like, "The objective geek." Like how they people say Norm and Cheers, except for you know. <laughs> and then they'll serve you your ice cream. Oh, what a special day that would be! <laughs> it's too uh, I, okay. I, so I shut off the ice cream now. It's too cold for that until like April. Oh, May, it's maybe. it's. I eat ice yep. cream once a week. It's crazy. it's crazy. Like good ice cream. I just oh, I went to McDonald's and got a snow cone. Uh, any, snow and cone, a but... soft serve is not ice cream. I will take a hard stance. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, I want oh, I real agree with you. ice cream. But but yeah. I I eat ice cream at least once a week. Like honestly, if it wasn't for ice cream, I would weigh probably ten pounds less. But <laughs> <laughs> I expected that to be a way bigger number. <laughs> I was well. I'm I'm always realistic with things. I try not to over exaggerate, and I was being sincere. No, that's that. fair. I think that's a, like if I quit <laughs> drinking soda right now, I'm gonna drop ten pounds in in a handful of weeks. Uh, but yeah, anything past that's probably exaggerating. Anyway, you found the chocolates. Let's uh, hear about it. Yes, them. found the chocolates. Um, so there's the Earth Chakra, which is blocked by fear, and it deals with survival. Uh, it's at the base of the spine, and. Um, and Aang got over this by his fear of the Fire Lord, which 
to me, I felt like he could have had a different fear, like maybe a fear of letting down everybody. Yeah, because he definitely still has some serious Fire Lord fears coming up real soon, but we'll discuss it at a later time. Yeah. Uh, then there is the Water Chakra, which is blocked by guilt, and it is uh, associated with pleasure. It is... What the heck is a sacrum? Um, it is located in the sacrum. That sounds like bubbles or something. It kind of does. Oh. <laughs> I know, like, I the word... <laughs> is not unfamiliar to me but i don't know actually what it means that's it's sacrum. gotta be a sack of some type sacrum, sacrum? sacrum? i'll sacrum. ask my wife later it might be inappropriate to talk about on here i, I don't even know what Maybe you, just, like you just said or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know i'll have to look it up later um but yeah so that's the water chakra um chakra um, Aang got over that one because uh, Aang had to forgive himself for, I think, uh, hurting... Aang had to forgive himself for fleeing the Southern Air Temple and also hurting people um, as the uh, we went to Avatar State that one time against General Fong's people. Um, so that was his guilt. And then there's a fire chakra, which is uh, blocked by shame, and it deals with willpower. Um and this one had to do with Aang accepting his duty as the Avatar. And there, oh, no, I'm sorry. This had to do with um, Aang accepting that he was a firebender because he was the Avatar. So that's how he got through that. Then there's the air chakra, which this is my favorite chakra. It is blocked by grief and it deals with love. And that's really interesting. Those two, all right, I feel like are, are just, you know, are really interesting. I mean, all of these are... are sort of opposites of each other you know what i mean they're on a spectrum of each other you know the block line are at least with. like perpendicular like they they intersect strangely or something and yeah it's hard I can, to have I can the see opposite how, of an emotion but yeah yeah i mean i can see how you know how grief is really love like because when you you know when you love something so much and you lose it and, you know you grief over so much and that's how you know they go through ang and i just love this moment you know because especially the way the group narrates it like you have felt a great loss, you know. But then he says, you know, but the love that your people had was, you know, it was never. Love cannot be destroyed. Like it just transforms into new love, and then like the essence of all the Airbenders then forms into Katara's face. I've always loved that moment. That's one of those moments in the show that's like this is not a kids show at all. Um, like Dylan, one thing dealing with this whole chakra thing, <laughs> cleansing the chakras and I kiss thing. But just that moment of like love is everlasting, um, love cannot be broken. Like that same love that you felt from your air nomads, that's never ended. You know, your love just keeps on getting uh, transformed through multiple different means. So really love nicely that one. animated sequences to the whole thing. Like that's a really nice peak. Yeah, that's the last one, but very nice animation throughout the entire sequence. <clears throat> Uh, there's the sound chakra, which deal, which uh, is blocked by lies, and it deals with truth. Um, so the Aang, Aang just pretty much that one. Aang had to accept his destiny as the Avatar. Um, then there's the light chakra, which is blocked by illusion, by illusion, um, and deals with insight. It is located in the forehead. Also, the sound chakra is located in the throat. If you wanted to know that. Um, <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, and this one, oh, oh, this one was really cool because 
this one's all about like the illusion of like the illusion of separation, right? Group critique says mentions that how like many people think we're all disconnected, but really we're all one people and on, on one source. Which I love that moment because that rings true in really all of life. Like we can find ways to divide ourselves. And granted, the uniqueness that we all have is really important. But at the end of the day, we are like, you know, we are the earth. <laughs> we we are one big giant organism. It's one of those things where it's a really nice way to think that in an, in an ideal world, we would uh, embrace our uniqueness as individuals, but not as groups. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and then there is the thought chakra, which, uh, which is blocked by earthly attachments and deals with pure cosmic energy. It is located at the crown of the head. Um, and this is one that Aang was like, which I love this because, <laughs> you know, it's kind of like a record scratch moment. It's like, you must let go of your earthly attachments. Whoa, whoa, wait, what? Uh, hold but up, what? You tell me, I got. I love Aang's response. Like, um, I don't want to let go of Katara. Like, one thing, I love her. Also, three chakras ago, love was a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> he he like, did this, his studies. Good work, Aang. You did your homework, man. Yeah. Um, uh, just a little thing here uh, apparently so in real life according to this wiki in real life which I've just mentioned before the concept of chakras originated in ancient India and forms a part of main of many philosophical spiritual and religious systems the chakra points specifically where they are lo- the chakra points specifically where they are located to what they refer and by what they are blocked are somewhat the same according to chakra charts I should really bring up the wiki and everything we do because it's kind of interesting stuff. I'm telling you, man, that wiki, yeah, people <laughs> invest way, 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 way tons of time in there, and I'm extremely grateful. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, I have a terrible memory for specific details, so I have to reference the wiki uh, frequently for episode specific memories. Uh, okay, so I'll stop reading now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so at that point, we kind of leave Aang's story. He's dealing with that but yeah i really love the the water the air chakra and i love when ang cries it's just that moment afterwards you know before he hated the onion and banana juice and afterwards like can i have some onion onion and banana juice please <laughs> and it's, i don't know i just find it really charming yeah we should we should mention like right at the beginning he's like this tastes like onion and banana juice and guru patik's like that's because it is <laughs> I would hate onion and banana juice. That sounds I, gross. I barely tolerate either of those things independently. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, oh, and Saga's moment. Lots of great moments, I think. So Saga's reunion with his dad. First of all, he, his reunion with the other people in the tribe. Because like, they kind of size him up and everything. He's like, Saga, Saga! Like roughing like, him up was... as he comes into the camp. Like very... Yeah, yeah. Like, like masculine... Um, guy banter yeah but like for them like they haven't seen Sokka in two years like people grow a lot in two years especially you know if you haven't seen them like Sokka's a man now like when he when they left he was probably just a boy probably formative Uh years too yeah yeah and they all kind of just lead him to his father's tent and I love this moment because it I think this is the first yeah, I love it because this is the first good father we see, right, in the whole entire show. Um, you know, Sokka opens up the tent, 
and uh, his Bato's there. He sees Sokka, and he pump, he jabs uh, Hakoda, and Hakoda looks up. He's like, Sokka, my son. And they hug, and like, this is just some really great representation of male bonding. <laughs> like, I don't, I mean, every time I see my dad, I hug him, but it's not like that nice. Like, also, I mean, I don't go, you know, two years without seeing him. He's off to war. I'm sure if that was the case, I would hug the crap out of my yeah, dad. Yeah, yeah, a little but, different. <laughs> yeah. War uh, has a funny <laughs> way of playing with people's emotions. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just love this moment between them two. Um, they don't cry, though, which is interesting because they're separated at another point in the story, and they get reunited, and they, and Hakoda does cry in that moment, um, which is really interesting. It would be interesting There's when we revisit that. There's some pride in that one, though, I think, if I'm thinking of what you're thinking of. There's some pride in that one when it happens, too. It's like yeah, a, I think yeah, emotional blend, whereas this is one strict emotion. It's just like, son is here. Yeah. Hug him. Yeah, so... So that was great. Um, they're about to go like attack some ships or something. You can see how Saga's dad is very ingenuitive. Where you see where Saga gets it from. Um, his dad invented like some stink bombs, and he also does little jokes and stuff. So it's just really cool to see what like Saga might be like when he's older. I always get the the impression like Saga's more creative, but like his dad's got way more refinement on it. Like they do a nice job of oh, yeah. delaying his yeah. ex- his uh, his refined experience. And the dad jokes, you know, he's he's been away for a couple of years, so the dad jokes are rough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on top side, she pretty much just just gets straight captured by uh by the uh, the boulder, uh, not boulder. Yeah. Is the boulder? No. I can't. It's uh, no, the main the guy. Boulder school. And... I forget his name. Uh, um, I only care about yeah. the boulder. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, so there's a new <laughs> Tela team avatar. Yeah. And there's a really, you know, that comic book I mentioned, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a really great comic of the boulder gets a cat thing, and Toph and him is trying to get the cat, <laughs> trying to get the cat to stop being grumpy. For some reason, it is a really great comic. It's kind of funny. <laughs> the boulder's soft side. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I have it right there i'll read what's the funny part of it do me uh, i read it to my daughter last night or maybe it was the night before and we both were just cracking up at it mm. like like this is the uh <laughs> the animation is kind of interesting the boat is trying to make the cat thing some uh some food to get it to stop usually animation so much. or at least not what yeah. i expected no, it's it is unusual, <laughs> but it's it's great. <laughs> I I can see the boulder as a cat person. Also, the cat's name is the Pebble. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh that's fantastic! Yeah. It was just really it was really fun to read. Good for I was surprised that I liked more, it that a little much. more airtime. Well, not airtime, but paper time. A little more page time. Yeah, let's see here. So yeah, so so the cat is like just meowing the crap out of it. The cat thing is like, Mrawr. and then Toph goes, "The boulder. What is all this?" Toph, the boulder sure is happy to see you. <laughs> like keeps talking, continues to talk in the third person. Which Did is she great. refer to him as the boulder? Like which? Like yes, that's amazing. That'd be like me looking at you and be like, "Hey, the objective geek." <laughs> <laughs> 
she says, since when do you have a croco cat? Oh, it's a cat. His name is the Pebble. He's been an integral part of the boater's life for years. <laughs> it's really good. The boulder referring to himself in the third person right now? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. That makes uh, really all happy. right. Yeah, so Toph was captured by them in a metal container thingy. And they make a big uh, deal of pointing out that she cannot be yeah, metal. Yeah. And then you kind of like, oh, I see where this is going. Yeah, you immediately see where it's going. It's pretty heavy-handed, uh, which is kind of disappointing, but whatever. Yeah. It's a small... Even, even you can't bend metal. Right. It is worth pointing out again that, like, just like last episode, the Aang story, for example, here is like, it's at least half the episode, the Aang and the Guru and the Chakras, and the the rest of it is uh, pretty jam-packed. Those other facets. Mm -hmm. All subplots. Good subplots. Good subplots. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so then Katara gets captured by... Katara first goes get some tea. She sees Zuko and Iroh there. Um, and then she runs the palace to warn the Earth King of it. And she only finds that um, that, uh, that Azula's there. And they stop her real quick. Which, I love this moment of Tylee taking out Katara. Um, she like does the jump and then she uh, quickly chi blocks her and Katara falls. And like they do something really pool like it looks like there's a you know her pool of water comes out but it's meant to i think uh look like a pool of blood <laughs> like if you if you just painted that red it looks bleak and, and dark it does kind of spill out in the way i i, I never thought of that but yeah. i can see that <clears throat> it's kid friendly uh, yeah, pr- blood spill yes yeah which if you always am amazed at the things that tv shows cartoons get away with with that they should get away with but how they get creative and stuff like in batman the animated series like they show dick grayson's family being killed right like they first show um them on the trash on the high ropes so they call them trapeze artists high ropes anyway i'm they not show positive them but i believe on it. you <laughs> yeah they show them on it and they continue to show the rope like being cut uh like the little Strings. The individual threads are kind of popping one <laughs> yeah, by one, sort yes. of. Yes, yes, there is. So they keep showing them swinging, um, and then <clears throat> and then it swings back again, but there is no bar and there is no person. <laughs> and so you're left with your imagination. And your imagination is worst a lot of the time. But... We're pretty good at picturing like the worst and best things when left to our own devices. We get pretty dramatic. But hey, that's the desired effect here, I suppose. Except in yeah. Katara's case, where it's you know it's a yeah we, we like see a visual the metaphor. I, I guess. mean, we see the yeah yes yeah, it's a metaphor. Um, and then they also invite uh, uh, the Earth King invites Iroh and Zuko to uh, to serve tea to him. Also, Zuko's a little too happy, I think, in this moment. Like this. You're just kind of far too happy for, for, for my taste. Yeah, I think it's better addressed. I think next episode we should have like a just kind of a Zuko centric discussion because I think the roller coaster is kind of too extreme to both both mm-hmm. ends here in the past three or four episodes. But that's just my yeah. just my take. But I think no, I think... well let's give like overarching feelings on Zuko in the next episode. I yeah. think. Um, 
Yeah, so then... Did they get captured? Did they get captured here? Oh, I think that's in this episode that they get... Yeah, yeah, my yeah, bad. That's next. Um, yep. So here, yeah. just Katara getting captured. Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. Um, and then Aang sees this. Um, also, we should note that. I mean, we already kind of really mentioned that as Aang was clearing his uh, chakra that was blocked by illusion, Toph realizes that metal is made up of uh, little earth fragments that she can see, and then she you know, breaks out of there with metal bending. And it's really, it's a really nice overlap of the of the chakra Very nice. segment, um, kind yes. of overlaid on top of Toph realizing that it's metal. It's it's kind of cute. Yeah. I like it. And none, yeah, and none of the other stories overlap with that really at all. So it's kind of. No, I mean, I guess you could maybe count Katara's capture and Aang noticing, but not in the same way. Like, this is sort of like a, I don't know, like spiritual parallels happening with Aang and, and Toph in that yep. moment. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. I imagine that those two died in there. Like, <laughs> because, I mean, Toph completely shut that closed, right? And she left them. <laughs> I think she, like, uh, she completely. Vans. No one else could open that up, right? Because tools don't. There's no such thing as a handsaw to cut that open. <laughs> and she left them there. So I'm pretty sure they're dead. <laughs> uh, I would say that, like, I think that Katara and Sokka are are capable of murder. I think that Toph would be like a willing murderer. Like, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> If she just did it, and she's like, they'll probably die. That's okay. Not that she's like cold blooded, but you know, just yeah. they're clearly well, they, bad guys. I mean, they won't get okay, off so the case. They're, they're stuck in there, right? They can clearly breathe because Toph, Toph could breathe, so that's not an issue. Uh, really, the issue comes down to how long can they last without food <laughs> and and water. Um, and if someone can somehow get there, she kind of crumples it like a can yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, which that makes it seem like it's harder to open. Yeah, and that they can't even like. So in my head, it's well, there's a grate. Maybe you can earthbend stuff from outside, inside somehow, or just earthbend rocks to hit her. But like, they don't think they can move their arms or anything. Yeah, they can't move. Yeah, it'd be very small, like finger directed earthbending at best. Let's just say Toph didn't care about their well-being. She did not uh, save them. She did yeah. not. She doesn't have to. What is? I'm I'm screwing up the Batman I phrase. I don't have to. I don't have to. I don't have to kill you, but I'm not going to save you either. Yeah, she kind of pulls that one, except for she sort of directly endangers them. Also, <laughs> she kind of kills them. But what it like I said, if there's one person that was going to do it from Team Avatar, it's probably Toph. Like I can see Katara killing somebody in like in like a a, a sort of a. a vengeful yeah like if you catch if you catch katara at like peak angry vengeance she would do it and she'd probably feel remorse later i don't know if toss could be all that remorseful that she killed a couple folks if they died quote unquote that'd be a great question for Uh, for uh (laughs) for brian and michael someday like hey toff kill those people one day that's a life goal one day i'm going to meet those two somehow it's attainable. Like they're present. Yeah. They're they're out there. They're not yeah. recluses. So yeah. that's a reasonable goal. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So then, Aang sees a vision 
of uh, of Katara being captured while he's trying to clear his chakra. It's a great visual of him trying to clear that chakra. Really good. And it feels like um, he's like close. Katara sort of goes off in the distance. But... Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is like, it's it should be heavily influenced by Star Wars, right? Because in pretty sure it's in, yeah, it's in Empire Strikes Back, right? The second one where Luke see he's training with Yoda, he sees a vision of Leia uh, being captured or hurt or something, and like even Yoda's like, you gotta finish your training, and Luke is like, no, I gotta go save my friends. So it's very reminiscent of that. It is really close, and and he Yoda gets kind of straight up angry at him. He's like, "You don't do this now, you'll be overcome by evil or something." Like it's pretty harsh wording, yeah. Whatever it is, yes, yeah. Sorry, Star Wars fans, I'm butchering it. I can't remember the exact language. Yeah, I don't remember it that well, but I remember <laughs> that you're right. Overrated. Good. Um, I'm kidding. Actually, Empire Empire Strikes Back is actually a really amazing movie. Yeah, we we can both <laughs> agree that it is the best. I find of the other of two. The trio. I still love the other two. It just Empire's best, but I think most people agree with that. I don't think the saying Empire is the yeah. best. Oh, is... yeah, I'm pretty sure most people agree yeah. that Empire Strikes Back is the best of the first the... sits, and um, and maybe and really the best. Maybe still the best to this point. I would say so, but yeah, yeah. <clears throat> great comparison. Um... I hadn't thought of that. And that's that's uh that's the episode. That's, he there's a, the the ending i don't know if it's the end the end and there could be like i don't know there could be like a little zuko iroh moment at the end there too i i don't remember exactly um i but i do really like the visualization of ang running away kind of from the chakra from being able to open mm-hmm. the chakra and you can see him running yeah. away and then kind of falling out of it and it's it's not hyper detailed like it's i don't want to say it's simple it's not super detailed or anything but it's just really powerfully done Yep. Yeah, that's, that's, probably, it. that's really the whole episode. Um, <laughs> you can kind of see everything. You know, if last episode we called it a segue, this episode is like really close to the climax. Like this episode is heading up the hill toward a pretty exciting climax. And you can kind of see how everything's coming together. That's exciting. Like I can imagine seeing this the first time through, getting through this episode, and like, I don't like why do i have to wait to watch the other one i need the other one to be on yeah. right now so it does I don't know, it does exactly what it's supposed to do i think you know but what with before i give too many opinions let's get to some ratings which this time i have done correctly <laughs> good yeah last week you didn't last week. what a train wreck what a train wreck i think if we look back we could spot at least two errors in every powerpoint i have ever assembled I'm going to say bare minimum. You can pick out two. So don't look closely. We're here for the discussion, not not visual accuracy. I hope. So audio visual gets a nine. Uh, I think really just all the music and definitely the visuals with the playing the chakras was done so well. It's very, very well. Um, Gets a nine there. Story gets a nine as well. I've always just loved and going through and clearing his chakras, especially at the moment I said before with the air chakra and how you know love can never be truly gone. It's just transformed. Um, that's just some really um, insightful human um, storytelling there. Um, and then for memorable, a nine and a half, 
It's, it's really all about Aang clearing his chakras here for me. Oh, and tough metal bending. Those are you know, two of the greatest moments from this. So, tough metal bending yeah, that is like weirdly like I know Katara gets captured and she's in like mortal danger and Sokka reunites with his dad, but tough metal bending like yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, average out to a 9.1 out of 10. That is a hefty average. Hefty average. I think mine's similar. I gave audiovisual 9. Uh, same same reasons. No amazing action sequences in here, but you do get top middle bending. So yeah, I gave a 9.5, which uh, is... I don't know. I'm surprised I gave it because it doesn't... This episode does not stand <laughs> alone very well at all. Like, It definitely needs to be exactly where it's at, and it definitely needs the context of the surrounding episodes. And so it's weird for me to give it that, but I, do, I really appreciate seeing this part of Aang's journey and just how impactful it is and it has such a good way of getting me excited for the things to come. And then memorable 8.5, uh, it doesn't stand out in my head quite as much. Like sometimes when I think of Toph metal bending, for example, I don't even remember that it falls in this episode or, or that like Sokka reuniting with his dad. Like it's kind of separate in my head. Uh, minor details, still 8.5, that's great. And that rounds to a 9.1. So if you're a math wow. person, you can you can imagine that 9.1 is appropriate. And you can probably guess that that's a really good episode in the grand scheme of things. That's very high on the list. The list that you should watch in a couple of weeks to see officially, as we will do that soon. But first, we have to get to a finale, a very exciting finale. That's going to be our next episode. Chris, any thoughts? Leading up to the finale, closing thoughts on this episode. Uh, love, I love the love. love, love, love is everlasting. Love yeah. is uh, uh, was that Corinthian something? I forget. I really shouldn't forget. I have written down on a. I was just feeling the same way. I was like, I know I should know this. That might even be <laughs> the one. That might be like my wedding, like one of the Bible verses from my wedding. I still couldn't tell you which one it is, but I know it's in there. Uh, St. Corinthians 2 I'm pretty sure 23 something that sounds close oh. I think you're, it sounds close I'm ashamed I'm sorry um, 2 Corinthians as Trump would say I'm sorry <laughs> it is Chris You congratulations you have opened your, your chakra well done uh, I you know now just I'm telling fly, like before the next episode, we just we need to both sit down and, and meditate and open our chakras, and then we'll come back to the next episode in charge of our, our avatar states. It'll be awesome. Mm, yes. I really like... Uh, I, so if you think back to the first season, the finale is excellent in a way that it really stands out from the rest of the episodes. Uh, but we kind of mentioned in the previous podcast that these... like There's like four or five episodes at the end, and really, if you think about it, the majority of the season really really runs together so in a strange way i think we will find and talk about or at least mention i don't know the finale sticks out quite as much and it may not even be the best finale of the three or anything like that uh, but it's such a good sequence there's so much good build up in the previous handful of episodes and it's a really gratifying one so i'm looking forward to talking about that and we'll be talking about it next week that's right not two weeks just one week off Still going to try this weekly thing. And after we do next week's, we will sit and reevaluate and let you know how things go and make a decision going forward. Also, after next week, I would imagine 
we are going to take a small breather in between seasons for some fun episodes. Uh, I would envision. Yes. <laughs> I'm just it's making all these those. plans out loud without talking to you first. So hopefully, that's <laughs> cool. I think we'll we'll probably watch a movie that's going to suck, and we'll probably do an episode about our favorite episodes in this season, which should be good, and potentially one or two other things. You know, we it would be yeah. really cool to. Uh, to squeeze a few extras in before we jump into the finale. Like, I just don't want to rush through uh, this yeah. because it's, it's Avatar The Last Airbender. Let's take our time. Let's let's enjoy the ride. Um, even I'm pretty excited against Legend of Korra because I feel like you don't have a great memory of that at all. I don't. I've only watched it oh, once and through, our... <laughs> dedicated. So it basically, and that has been yeah. five years, basically. Um, so as I watch through Legend of Korra, it's, it's going to be 80% fresh. Um, so that is very exciting. Yeah. I'm also very excited. And also, I feel like opinions on. What if it's... I also feel like opinions on Legend of Korra is a little bit more. Uh, uh, opinions might be a lot different there. And but... I've grown up as I've matured. Maybe I'm ready to accept more of Korra's lessons. <laughs> I also have this beautiful vision of we don't have a release date on the live action series. But wouldn't it be awesome if we like got through Legend of Korra just in time for the live action series? Like, oh, I'm thinking that's how it was. Uh, someone recently commented on on my latest on my video that I did two weeks ago. Um, <laughs> uh, the uh, the ten things that the live the live action version do to be better than the original, and they had comments like, "Oh, are you going to review the episodes?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're going to uh, review them. I don't, I don't know what format yet um, or when." But it'll probably be on the podcast, and we'll probably be through. Uh, we'll probably be through Avatar once we finish that. Do Legend of Korra, then maybe right then there we'll be ready to get right into the into the show. So yeah, if we got twenty episodes left, and we say you know if that's roughly twenty There's... weeks, whether it's weekly or roughly two episodes a week or whatever, and then I don't know and how many like episodes. Fifty in Korra. episodes. Fifty. Like how 50. many? Fifty. Fifty flat, like ten. 10 okay. Well, like fifty. Yeah. There's... Maybe so, uh, you know, a year and a quarter, which would put uh, the live action series like early 2021. That's not unreasonable. Uh, no, no, it's not. Yeah. Year and a third. No, it seems pretty reasonable. So I think, yeah, that'd be really cool. Um, and I, I'll just, it's one of those things where it's like, because it's brand new, a part of me is like, what if Chris just wants to do the live action one on himself, like on his own, a bit, whatever, then he'll just do it on his own first and get the fresh perspective. It's on his way up. I will it's force him to sit down again and then talk about it or just like, Oh, his... when it comes out, when it comes out, I'm taking that day off and I'm watching the whole thing probably twice before the, my work day would be over. So you, maybe you can give a nice like a bit like a like a big thorough review, and then I'll invite myself still to come through with with podcast style episode by episode, yeah. something like that. I'm pretty good at imposing myself yeah. in places where I'm. Uh, I don't know. That's what, yeah. <laughs> uh, like uh, like Stuart from Big Bang Theory. That's essentially me on the internet. But hey, that's all a long ways off. Regardless, I'm very excited, and thank you for joining us for this episode. Be sure to come back one week from today to watch our thoughts on the finale because it should be really good. We hope. Thank you for watching. My name is Sean Taylor. This is Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek. And thanks for watching Avatar The Last Podcasters.